Welcome to Addicted to Busy, the podcast specifically for overachieving property managers who are dying for a little more work-life balance in their lives. Each week, we dismantle all the BS that holds us back. You'll learn how to nix those tricky self-sabotaging habits so that you have the time, energy, and motivation to create what you really want in life. If you're looking to shift from overcommitted to overjoyed, this is the podcast for you. Let's do this. Now, your host, Anna Havalyana. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Addicted Too Busy. As always, I'm excited to be here with you again. So for the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a deep dive into Noel Birch's competence ladder. And I got to be honest with you, I'm loving this content, but I can't tell you how many times I have said unconscious <laughs> unconscious, conscious, competent, incompetent, and I'm just kind of tired about talking about it. And so I decided that before we go into our last video about the competence ladder, I was going to take a little unconscious competence break. And so this episode today is a little bit more off the cuff. Usually I love to take time to organize my podcast episodes make sure that they're researched, make sure that they flow, because I care about the quality of the content that I provide to everybody. But it's not very often that I just speak from the heart and speak openly and let it flow. So I do have a slight agenda outline for this, but this is really just going to be me sharing a little bit about what's come to my mind over the last couple days. It goes without saying that life is tough and that we can't always predict the challenges that we will face. For example, there was no way for me to predict that I was going to get hand, foot, and mouth syndrome the same week that I literally watched a carjacker drive my Audi straight out of my garage while I was sitting in my living room. That all happened within two days of each other, and it sucked. It was absolutely awful. I've been having a very human challenging week. But one thing that really kind of surprised me is that multiple people have complimented that I've been calm about it. I had to call my co-working space to let them know that my keys are now missing. And our community manager here, she's like, you're rather calm about this. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I kind of am. And that's not typically how I roll. I tend to roll on the anxious side. It's not uncommon that I've been called overdramatic or oversensitive. So I've really been reflecting on the ways that I've changed over the years and how I've developed a better relationship with my central nervous system, with my emotions, with the way that I process challenges. And a lot of that came from coaching, therapy, getting better coping mechanisms, like having goals to work towards. And when I was reflecting on this, I'm like, gosh, why, why don't more people do this for themselves, right? Like I show up every week on the podcast and I'm really adamant about showing people that taking time for yourself and connecting with your hobbies oftentimes energizes you in a way that then you can do your best work. And too often I see people overworking, right? So when I reflected on this for myself, you know, there was a point in time where I was getting told time and time again that I was working too much. I was getting called out on it left and right. 
And when I think back to that period of my life, I wasn't really aware of this at the time, but work was my safe space, right? When things were not going well in my personal life, I just turned my attention toward my career and I was good at my job. I mean, not every single aspect of it, but for the most part, I am a good property manager. So when I needed to feel good about myself, when life was hard or when things were not going my way, I turned to my job to provide me with the validation that I lacked. And it, it, it kind of became this tricky cycle because anytime that I turned more of my attention towards my career, I was implying that I was dedicated to my job, that I was dedicated to the company, that I was dedicated to my property. And because of that, I excelled as a property manager. And now here's the thing, and that was just making it even easier for me to put in more hours when things were not going right outside of the office. If you would have met me in the year 2013 to 2015, on the outside, it probably looked like everything was great. You know, I'd, I'd purchased my first home. I'd paid off all of my student loans, all of my credit card debt. Um, I was getting my designations through IRAM. I was becoming a leader in IRAM. And on the outside, it probably looked like everything was fine and dandy. But internally, I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. And so I just kept going back to work to feel good about myself. I just kept putting in more hours, taking on new projects, putting myself out there. And those are not bad things to do. I'm not implying that you shouldn't get involved in organizations or volunteer your time. And I'm not implying that you should never work more than eight hours a day. I mean, come on, this is property management. There are definitely days where you're going to have to put in some extra time in order to be successful. But the motivation behind why I was doing that was not clean. I wasn't putting in extra hours because that's what the property needed. I was putting in extra hours because I was insecure. I can remember one time in particular, I'd, I'd had an argument with my now husband, then boyfriend, and I couldn't sleep. So I went to the office at 3 a.m. That's so silly. Who does that? <laughs> but those were the patterns that I established. If I had an argument with my husband, I would just stay late at the office to avoid confronting him. If I felt inferior at any way, at a networking event, at a social event, I would just go get another designation or get another award just to prove that I was worthy. If I was feeling self-conscious about my appearance or the fact that I wasn't running and running races like I loved to, I could really easily blame all of the hours that I was putting in after the office closed. Whenever there was a goal that I wanted that I didn't have, it was easy to just blame it on my job. I was, after all, working 50 plus hours a week. And with one company that shall not be named, it averaged well over 60 hours a week. My dedication was one of the many things that quickly became a crutch. I found myself staying late at the office and taking on extra projects despite my friends encouraging me to take a break. I remember one night I got home from work and I put my laptop on the dining room table. And at the time I was living with a roommate and my roommate is one of the most amazing humans that you will ever meet. And she's also in property management. So she totally got what I was going through. And 
she did two things actually during that stint when I was basically working 24 seven. The first thing that she did was I was getting sick often and surprise, surprise, when you're not sleeping, not eating well and working as much as I was, your body's immune system is going to give up at some point. So there was one evening that she put together a care basket for me with medicine, lozenges, tea. I think there was a candle in there. And she did it because she knew that I likely wasn't going to take care of myself. I had not shown any previous evidence of me putting my health first, so she did it for me. The other thing that she did was she once left a note and tucked it into my laptop because she knew that I would open it after dinner and that I'd stay up emailing all night. And the note was just encouraging me to go to sleep. Really lucky to have her in my life. I thought that overworking was going to make me feel more accomplished. Like I finally had some sense of purpose in life, but really all it did was create this unhealthy obsession with work that kept me from achieving what I actually wanted in my life, which was to be creative and be active and feel comfortable in my own body and be connected to my friends and family. The reason why I decided to do this podcast today a little bit off the cuff and also put a pause on the unconscious incompetence material is because every morning when I wake up, I look through the memories in my photos app. I love seeing what happened on this day two years ago, five years ago, eight years ago. But in recent weeks, what showed up in my memories feed were screenshots of texts that my friends sent to me. I'm going to read two of them to you. So the first text was sent from my beloved roommate. And she said, I'm worried about you working so much. I know Lucas isn't in town, so it's easy to do this week, but I just don't want you to overwork yourself. I hope they see how much you've been working to hire a second person. You do your job so well that I hope they don't take advantage of you because they know that you will just take care of everything. And she was totally right. (laughs) It wasn't until I put my notice in that they decided to hire a second person. When I look back on that time in my life, I was so riddled with perfectionism. I I just really couldn't get over the fact that something wasn't going to get done and or that it wasn't going to get done right. And what ended up happening was I got raked over the coals. I really did. You know, I was fortunate enough that at this point in my career, this was still an hourly position and thank the Lord that it was, but they saw how many hours I was clocking and I had all of the evidence of how late I was working into the evening because I was sending so many emails and replying to so many tenants and vendors. So I had literal timestamps of when I logged in in the morning and when I logged off at night. Looking back on it now, I, I, you know, I've almost kind of got to process what happened <laughs> because as I'm speaking it out loud and I realized, you know, people saw how many hours I was putting in and they didn't care. At some point you have to care more about yourself than anybody else ever does because no one's going to take care of you in the way that you need other than you. The other text that I received was received from one of my best friends from my hometown. And he said to me, I really think you should leave now. It's 10 fucking dirty. That's too late to be working, especially after the day you've had. You're very good at putting up an 
image in person that everything appears to be okay. But the only times we talk, you're apologizing for something, and that's not right. It's not that you're apologizing for not responding or whatever, because I don't care about that. I care about right now, you're not Anna Havliana. Again, I am so lucky to have the most amazing friends in the world. I'm getting choked up as I say this. Um, For those of you who are listening and you are in a state of burnout, I got to tell you, like, you cannot hide it from your friends and family. The pieces of you that make you you, that are vibrant and alive, they will slowly die off (laughs) when you hit that point of exhaustion. And I really do not care how big that paycheck is. And I'll tell you, I've had money thrown at me plenty of different times to make up for how much time was lost in my personal life. And your time is more valuable than your money. There are moments that you will never get back that you wish you would have. Your job should be something that allows you to be more of who you are. It shouldn't be something that dims your light or that causes you to just flicker out. And that's what was happening to me. At times, my job made me feel good when my life didn't. But eventually, I couldn't outwork my own self-esteem. I had to take a good hard look in the mirror and start addressing what I saw. And thank goodness I did, right? I started to heal my relationship with myself and subsequently that allowed me to heal my relationship with my loved ones. And I no longer felt like I needed to hide from conflict in my life, right? As I started doing that, I started finding more satisfaction in my personal goals. Well, first of all, I allowed myself to have a personal goal that wasn't tied to my career. And then from there, my self-esteem started getting better. And I started setting sights on new goals, the podcast being one of them. This process really wasn't something that happened overnight. You know, for those of you who are in the group coaching program or who have been on a free coaching call, you know that the program is six months long because That's how long it takes to get out of some of these tricky habits. I really got to caution you. If anybody tells you that they can get you out of burnout in two weeks, I, I would question that because a lot of what gets us into burnout are bad habits and changing human behavior. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes a lot of forgiveness and it takes a ton of trial and error. Slowly but surely, I started rebuilding my confidence from within myself instead of seeking external validation from my job or from other people. Throughout that process, I mean, I read literally hundreds of books, listened to probably twice as many audiobooks while I was going out for runs. I've done group therapy. I've done individual therapy. I've done couples therapy. I've been on retreats. I've set boundaries of people. Hey, I learned what a boundary was. I watched my loved ones lose their shit on me when I started setting boundaries, but I did it anyway. I looked in the mirror and I saw that I was wearing busy as some sort of badge of honor. And then when I really looked, I saw that I was overworking partially because I was kind of unorganized and unfocused. So I learned how to be efficient and how to do the hard things and how to maximize my time and how to stop procrastinating. And things got better. My friends started to see more of me and my friendships deepened. I would say that my closest friends, they have a consistent practice of self-reflection, right? Have a couple group chats that, oh my gosh, they just give me life. And 
it's, it's not about what, you know, their kids are doing or, you know, the ones who are buying houses or moving or changing jobs. Like the types of conversations that we're having are about our flaws. They're about the societal programming that we oftentimes feel that we have to adhere to. Um, they're talking about their growth, their challenges, about the pieces of their relationships that aren't perfect. And because of that, I finally feel like I have relationships that are very reciprocal, that what I put in, I get back and vice versa. My relationships with my family members has improved immensely as well. Part of that, I think, is because I'm not so strapped for time. You know, in the past, I just felt like I was rushing to get from one family event back home, unpacked, and then to work the next morning. And I've really developed the skill of being present wherever I am, right? When I'm at work, I'm at work, and I'm really going to compartmentalize what's going on outside of my job. When I'm with family, I try my best to stay off of my device and look the people who I'm speaking to in the eye and give them my full attention. Remember when my nephew was, I don't know, maybe like three or four years old, I didn't really get to see him that much. And a lot of that was on me because I didn't always make a, a strong enough effort to get out and see my sister and her family. And he had a lot of stranger danger. And so anytime I saw him, he'd be very shy and naturally so as toddlers are around people who they don't see very often. And I always felt like I wasn't getting cuddles and hugs until the day that I had to leave. And so when my niece was born, I knew that I wanted to change that. I knew that I didn't, I didn't want to be a stranger to my nieces and nephews. I wanted them to know who I was and know just how much I love them and know that, you know, they will always have a safe space with me. One of my favorite memories was of my niece. You know, they came to visit me in Madison and they met me and my husband at the zoo. And I remember my niece was sitting at a picnic table and she saw me and just took off in a dead sprint with her arms outstretched and I got to let her jump into my arms and hug her and kiss her and pick her up and love on her and you know I wish I would have had that with my nephew and I'm not comparing them and I know I can't change anything in that wishing that things would be different is kind of a waste of time but a lot of that was on me and how very little time I made for my family and friends for a number of years. I'm so lucky that I have the support that I need in my life, but I got to be honest with you all. I had to create it. It did not come to me. I, it's, it's not something that was just delivered to me. I had to make amends for, you know, the person that I was and how I really did prioritize my work and myself over everyone else. I can't tell you what a relief it is to not be chasing validation. I will be fully transparent that sometimes I do get that urge and sometimes I do fall into the trap of wanting to accomplish more so that I can feel better. But I can tell you that's no longer my default mode. And it's why I'm passionate about this work. It's why I've created the podcast. It's why I've created the course is so that more managers can build themselves up in the same way.
Nowadays, I am more aware than ever when it comes down to how to manage my time and manage my energy levels in order to feel fulfilled both professionally and personally. And I can tell you that for a long time, I didn't allow my personal life to be important. And I feel I've reached a point where they have equal importance in my life. And because of that, I'm feeling more fulfilled. I'm feeling more accomplished and I'm feeling less tied to my accomplishments. Instead of using work as an avoidance tactic, because that's exactly what I was doing, I now turn inward for guidance, which has really created freedom that no job ever could. The theme is available to you as well. I know that a lot of you listening are using your job to avoid things in your life that you don't want to look at. And listen, I get it. I'm here for it. I'm not here to judge you. But if this episode is resonating with you in any way, if it's if it's tugged on your heartstrings or maybe you've had your own personal examples come to mind as you're listening, I just want to let you know that it it doesn't have to be like this forever. And if you put the work into self-reflection, it won't be. I promise you that. Listen, I would not preach about journaling so much if it wasn't so life-changing. I think people think it's just this weird hobby that I have, but I'm telling you, like, I share how life-changing it is because I know what I've been able to create for myself and it feels fucking amazing. (laughs) And if all it takes is 15 minutes in a pen and paper, then I want everyone to know about it. So that's where I'm going to leave you today is again, just a reminder that every week we create journal questions so that you can do this work. Um, You don't need to do every single journal prompt. You don't have to listen to every single episode. Just pick the ones that resonate with you and explore more. Create new results for yourself. Clean out your old shitty thoughts and welcome in new ones. And really, really start to go after all of the goals that you have, not just your career goals, your personal goals, your health goals, your relationship goals, all of them. Because I promise you that once you start doing that, everything comes symbiotic, where you're not having to do one thing at the expense of the other, where instead your personal life is fueling you with the energy that you need to have a successful career And a successful career is fueling you with the resources that you need in order to do the things that you love. So please hop on over to our website, get your hands on the journal questions. That's at anahobbleyana.com backslash journal. You can find it at A-N-N-A-J-A-V as in valley, E-L-L-A-N-A.com backslash journal. All right, everyone. I fucking love you. keep going. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Addicted to Busy. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.